Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more, with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using code 999 and bet $5 to get $250 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 8-777-185-543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook slash NC. NASCAR is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license. Gardner, the single, top of the near ring, playing catch with Niederreiter. Niederreiter, power move. Up. Yeah. They score! Lucas Walmart held in front. Right place, right time, a buck 37 left in the first. Carolina off and running. All the way back for Slavin, hit shot off the stick of line A1. Terrifying in the cross, they score! That's hockey, baby! The Cherubs have a connection. Sebastian Ajo on the receiving end of a beauty from Table Terrifying and 2 to 1, Carolina. Spetsnikov turns, the shot taken, forked and blocked in front. Vogel and Stahl knocking on the door. Spetsnikov out of the corner. The back of the goal, across move, he scores! He did it again! Andrei Spetsnikov, his second lacrosse-style goal. Put it in the bank. Carolina with a 3-2 lead. <laughs> this is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Spetsnikov turns, the shot taken, forked and blocked in front. Vogel and Stahl knocking on the door. Spetsnikov out of the corner. The back of the goal, across move. He scores! He did it again! Andrei Spetsnikov, his second lacrosse-style goal. Put it in the bank. Carolina with a 3-2 lead. <laughs> My favorite part of that is Trip Tracy laughing after the second Andrei Svechnikov lacrosse goal of the season. Welcome to the Morning After podcast. I'm Adam Gold. In a matter of moments, we'll be joined by Brian LeBlanc of Canes Country, Carolina with a 6-3 win. They are 3-0-1 on the road trip, 11-6-2 on the road overall on the season. That is spectacular, 21-11-2 on the season. And for, uh, I think, the first sustained stretch all season, playing a lot closer to the way Rod Brindamore wants them to play. So let's get right to it with Brian LeBlanc of Kane's Country, uh, my friend and somebody, uh, apparently his house is quiet enough to do this, uh, at nearly 11 o'clock in the evening. 
Uh, uh, let's, I guess I just want to talk about the Svechnikov goal for a second, if we could, uh, and for then we'll move on. We can, yeah. we, can spend, we can spend 20 minutes talking about that if you want to. Oh, I mean, look, I, I thought when he did it against Calgary that we weren't going to see it again. Um, but man, he, he just transitioned, uh, the puck to his stick and, you know, lifted it so effortlessly and so quickly. And uh, Winnipeg couldn't react. No, and what was really impressive about that was that he actually went underneath Connor Hellebuck's arm. If you remember, the goal that he scored on David Riddick went kind of over his shoulder, <laughs> and uh, and and Hellebuck had that taken away. He really played that top corner well, but you know, give Andrei Svechnikov the eye of a needle, and he'll thread it right through there, and that's exactly what he did. It was, I mean, it, it was surreal. And what was amazing about it, and I think Trip pointed this out on the broadcast too was that he did this almost in a fluid motion, even more so than the one against Calgary. He had kind of stopped behind the net, you remember, yeah. and kind of set it up on the plate while Riddick wasn't paying attention. This one was in the motion of play. He put it on on the blade of his stick, even without taking a pause. It was remarkable. I, and, and you know, you, you we talk about how lucky we are to have these guys calling the game. Yeah. It's uncanny how, you know, my reaction was John Forslund's reaction to that goal. I, you know, about... Half a second before he said it, I said out loud, my wife will vouch for this. Holy crap, he did it again. And that's exactly <laughs> what John said. No more than no more than a minute later. I mean, it's now the Svetch. Forget about your Michigan goal. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Mi- Michigas, if I could use a Yiddish word. Uh, it is now the Svetch. When you do it twice in the NHL, uh, basically in the span of like six weeks, it becomes yours. It's his. No question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Look, I think that line has been playing great. I talked to John Forzen about this on uh, on the radio show on Tuesday. You know, it's it's weird. Stahl doesn't have to score to be effective. Uh, and he had a 14-game uh, goal-scoring drought. He scores two tonight. Um, but he's been an effective player. But Svechnikov and Fogel have been the last, what, two weeks? Well, Svechnikov's been great all year. But we're seeing the best we've seen Warren Fogle play because it's not just the goals. I think Fogle's just been a good player the last three weeks. No, but it's not really a surprise if you remember last season that line of Fogle, Jordan Stahl, and Svechnikov, you know, kind of really hit its stride toward the end of the year. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's a surprise to see. Uh, Svechnikov and Fogel, you know, teaming up again because their games complement each other really, really well. I mean, Fogel's never going to be a goal scorer, but what he does is he just opens up lots of ice for Svechnikov to do his thing. And you know, when you've got that kind of that kind of chemistry and two guys that are obviously comfortable playing with each other, it it certainly lends itself to doing things like that. It kind of reminds me of you know to to go way back in the time machine to the old BBC line and Bates Battaglia yeah. kind of played that focal role really well. And then you had Eric Cole who, I mean, Svechnikov is obviously a more pure goal scorer than Eric Cole ever was, but you know, given some ice, he could make a lot of things happen, you know, pre neck injury. Yeah. And we're seeing kind of the same thing happen here where you just get guys who don't, you know, you don't think of them as necessarily complimentary teammates, but Boy, are they really good when they're together? Yeah, they they are, and um, I I wonder if like it's it's great to be able to have Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravainen because obviously uh, you've got the three most dynamic players on your team on the ice on the same line at the same time. Uh, so that is uh, it's walking it's walking danger. 
But I think Svechnikov just makes anybody he plays with better. And it doesn't matter who he's playing with. Uh, if he played with, look, he played with uh, Walmart and Martinuk almost all last year. Um, maybe it's not a coincidence that Martinuk had a career high in goals. Um, Svechnikov just makes people people better. Uh, he's a star, and he's probably going to the All Star game if Sebastian Aho doesn't. So let's let's get to the two. Uh, well, throw, throw Dougie, throw Dougie well, Hamilton. D- in there Dougie, too. We could very look, well I was going to bring this up. And I know people are going to be uh, going to uh, if people listening are going to go see gold. We were right. You were wrong. Is Dougie Hamilton not a Norris Trophy candidate? Oh, I think he has to be. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind he's going to be a finalist. And if it wasn't for if it wasn't for John Carlson setting the world on fire, I think he'd be odds on to win the thing. I don't think he's going to. But name me a defenseman that's been more effective at both ends of the ice this year than Dougie Hamilton. I mean, yeah. Rod can put him out there in just about any situation. He, you know, and I know he doesn't kill penalties, but he's no, he does now. He, well, he, he does now, but I mean, he hasn't in the past. But right. he's 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 proven more so this year than ever before that he's capable of playing in any role on the ice. And I know that the Norris kind of gets biased toward point totals and you know the the eye popping numbers. You know, and this kind of goes all the way back to Bobby Orr, but. Um, you know, like I said, find me a defenseman that's been more solid at both ends of the ice than Dougie Hamilton anywhere in the league. I don't think you can do it. Yeah. I, I think he sh- should. I think he probably should win. I don't think he will because everybody's going to see the big, flashy, shiny things next to John Carlson's name. But, as, I mean, they, they certainly got what they expected when they made that trade. And he's, you know, paid off in spades. And, you know, that, that contract coming down the road is going to be a really nice one. But he's really found his he's found a spot here. And, you know, he's he's become, I think, maybe even more than the Hurricanes thought they might be getting. I to- 100% agree. Uh, I thought the Hurricanes last year, um, the Hurricanes in the second half of the year, they got good, op- really good offensive Dougie Hamilton. Uh, what they're getting this year is, uh, I mean, a, a flat-out star. Uh, and I love all the things off the ice about Dougie Hamilton as much as I love all the things on the ice about Dougie Hamilton. It makes you wonder what people were thinking about when they were assassinating his character for however many years he's been in the NHL. By the way, he's a plus 21 on the season. We are 34 games into the season Dougie Hamilton has 34 points, and he is a plus 21. By the way, uh, I always said, I always pointed to people when I was arguing uh, why Falk was so good last year. I said, look at ice time. The head coach doesn't put people on the ice he doesn't need. And Falk was second or third on the team in ice time last year. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, I I think is he might even be first this year. Uh, Hamilton, yeah. he's been yeah. uh, he's been that good. Let's go to do uh, well, he, back yeah, to the fans. He, he yeah. led him in ice time tonight, twenty three sixteen. Just looking it up. I mean, he almost a minute more than Jacob Slavin, and I mean, everybody knows how how much of a minutes muncher Slavin is, and yeah, Dougie topped him by a minute, and that's a that's a normal thing. I mean, because Slavin doesn't play on the power play. You know, Dougie's regularly getting more ice time than anyone else on the team, and for good reason. Yeah, there's no question about it. All right, I want to go to to the Finns, and we're going to get to Aho in a second, uh, who I think also is pushing for an All Star spot uh, with uh, goals 19 and 20. Remember when he wasn't scoring goals? Um, but does that, take, does that seems like a long time? It ago, does. It? 
Does Tavo Teravainen have eyes in the back of his head? He must. He's he's incredible. I mean, it's it's just so it's so much fun to watch those two on the ice together. Know where they are. Just have that sixth sense. You know, when when guys get together and make those plays, you just know that there's something. There's a special connection there. And you know, I don't want to I don't want to mythologize it too much, but there's absolutely something to knowing where those guys are on the ice. And and Turbo didn't even have to turn turn no. around to make that play. I mean, he, he, he cut his momentum kind of carried him around, but he could have had his, his, you know, his face to the boards, never yeah. even turned, a, turned an inch around and still would have put that pass on Ajo's stick. It was incredible. Yeah, incredible pass. He, I mean, it was a laser beam as well. Uh, and Ajo, I mean, they, they obviously work so well together. You could see Ajo's reaction. He just goes, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. it was funny after the game, a couple of, uh, about a week, a week or so ago at PNC arena, I talked to him after the game. Uh, and I asked him about his two goals. He goes, they were just great passes. Uh, you know, he basically says, Tavo is so good uh, at finding players. And he did the same thing with Svechnikov that same game. It was a power play goal where Taravainen just put it right on his tape, uh, right at the left side of the goal. And all uh, Andre had to do was what, essentially just redirect it in. Uh, but look, Ajo's got uh, 20 goals now. And I was, I was surprised that he was allowed to score the second goal because Taravainen didn't give him the pass. I know, right? Uh, it was a Niederreiter <laughs> pass. I guess he got permission from Teravon yeah. to score when uh, Turbo didn't give it to him. Yeah, throw him some scraps every once in a while. <laughs> and, and to be fair, Nino's been playing a lot better. I know he doesn't yeah. have the results on the score sheet, but well, he's he's just he's he is to that line what Fogel is to the Svechnikov line, where he just you know he makes the little plays that don't show up on the score sheet, but he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't you know make any bonehead plays, leave anyone out of position, and you know those little things when you're not scoring, those are important. And and Nino's doing that. You know the goals are going to come. He's always been a streaky scorer. I'm not worried about that, but you know he's been doing the things that allow Turbo and Aho to do what they do, and you can see the results that they're getting right now. You can't really argue with them. I think one of the things that I've noticed from Nita Ryder, uh, and this actually, I'll say the same thing for Jake Gardner, by the way, uh, the mistakes have really been minimized. By the way, Nino's got five points in his last five games. Uh, Taravine mm-hmm. and eight assists in his last five games. Aho, seven goals, three assists in his last five games. So these guys are starting to rack up points uh, as well. But I thought, by the way, the first goal, the Walmart goal, the power play goal, uh, really nice plays from uh, Dezingle and Niederreiter with a power move and a kind of a pirouette in front. Uh, and then Walmart punched home the, uh, uh, you know, the, that line, the, the second unit was only uh, on the ice for a few seconds uh, yeah. when that second unit got the goal. So it was good to see a lot of different people uh, contribute. Uh, but look, that top line has been absolutely dynamic. Um, I believe I, that I believe that's the second or third goal on this road trip for that second power yeah. play unit. So I mean, you know, they're they're getting both of them firing now. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, they were really relying hard on that first unit, and now they're getting that production that we kind of knew was going to come around. But you know, it's one thing to say it, and then it's another thing for it to actually happen. And mm-hmm. once it gets going, you know, it becomes a lot more tolerable than it is saying, "Well, you just have to be patient. We're doing the right things." It's hard to hear that when you're doing those things and not getting the results, and now they're starting to. We're going to uh, continue the special team conversation in a minute. Uh, first, I want to remind people uh, that Lauren Brownlow and, uh, and her Topics and Takes podcast 
is outstanding. You should check it out. And if you like this podcast, uh, you should uh, rate it, download it. I don't even know what you do. Uh, I think I might have downloaded it uh, and, and subscribed to it. And I don't even have to uh, because I don't listen to them when they're done. Um, I, I just, uh, I don't, uh, I don't have. You're not have, supposed to admit that, Adam. Come on now. I don't have. The, well, I listen to, I'm listening to it now. So uh, all, all of that. Uh, quick pause for station identification. And uh, then we'll continue the conversation with Brian LeBlanc. All right, let's continue this. Um, the power play, the uh, or special teams in general. Uh, Winnipeg did score a power play goal. They were one for two on the power play tonight. The Shifley goal that made it six three was an absolute. Yeah, fi- I mean, what a goal! What a was- fire! Fire everyone! Yeah. Chanel <laughs> needs to walk to, to Colorado. The- the shame of giving up a power play. I mean, it was a great time. pass, saucer pass, and Shifley just rocketed it off the inside of the far post. Uh, There's not, a lot of guys on the Jets I really like watching. Oh. Shifley's one. I, despite his his cheap shot on Niederreiter, I yeah. love watching Blake Wheeler. I mean, they've got a lot of guys that are a lot of fun, and that's a power play that's hard to keep off the board. So, you know. Yeah. And they've been happens. good lately, too. Um, yeah. So, but the Hurricanes, the last 18 games, uh, 62 power plays against. 57 kills seems pretty good that's like 92 percent uh power play is eight for its last 17 i don't know what to do uh with the hurricanes team having a good power play uh can you weird? can you give me some uh, some advice brian no i can't because i've been watching this team just as long as you have and i've had the same reaction um it's 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 fun to watch isn't it i know that it, that roddy's talked about you know they moved Svechnikov onto uh, into a different spot on the power play this year and it's certainly paying dividends i mean you can see how how confident he is and that first unit just really gets clicking and you know, when you get the second unit going as well and Walmart going hard to the net and he's scored a couple goals like that. And those are the types of goals that he's going to score where, you know, they're not going to be for more than about five feet out. And it's just a matter of having your stick in the right place and getting a redirection. And those are the types of goals that you need to get. Those are the ones that you need to set up and 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 knock down. And the Hurricanes are doing it with the best of them this year. And yeah, I mean, they're they're up to, I believe, Starting the night, they were sixth on the power play yeah. in, in the league. I don't know if they moved up to fifth with what they did tonight. Two of two. Yeah. I mean, they've got to be close. I mean, they they went two for two on the power play. So that's about all you can ask for. And I mean, well, literally, is all you can ask for. And I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Last year, they almost won in spite of their power play. And this year, it's the power play that's really driving them to the success that they're having. They're kind of taking their cues from the power play to kind of get them going. And once they get the ball rolling, it becomes much easier at, at even strength for them to put goals in the net. And just think about this, because we saw Eric Halla on the trip uh, looking stylish in his uh, knit cap on the, uh, in the press box, as we saw on uh, if you're watching debonair the debonair guy, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan. The power play I is even too. better when Eric Halla is on it. Uh, because Halla gives them, and I was just noticing it tonight. You still don't see it. Uh, is a net front presence. Halla is has a knack for a net front screen 
that is as good. I, w- I would liken Halla's ability to take the eyes away from the goaltender to what Thomas Holmstrom used to do with the Detroit Red Wings. Holmstrom Boy, used to get, get in front of the net, get in front of the goaltender, and uh, he just made life hell. Halla is yeah. amazing at that. And I was thinking about the last time Svechnikov scored a lacrosse goal was against the, the game against Calgary. Now, uh, he scored the second goal of that game as well on the power play, and it was... You you could see Halla in front of uh, of David Riddick, and he completely took his vision away. Riddick could not see the shot, and Svechnikov went just inside the far post from mm-hmm. his typical spot on the left, uh, on you know just beyond the left circle. Uh, but Halla, when he gets back, the power play should become even better because of what he's able to do. Certainly can't hurt. And, um, you know, we, we've talked before. I mean, I know you and I have talked to practice and other places about how, you know, they've needed they've needed the secondary guys to get going in Hall's absence. And, you know, Walmart got a goal tonight. Jordan Stahl had two. There's two guys that you wanted to see, you know, kind of get the get the ball rolling. And obviously, Ajo's on a roll right now. He can he can do no wrong. Svechnikov's been doing his thing all year. But, you know, if you get if you get Hall back and, you know, we're we're assuming a lot here, I understand, but if he can be at near the level he was when he went out of the lineup, they're going to be in really good shape. And, you know, it's been a while since we've had the Hurricanes at full health with everybody, right. you know, totally healthy because between Halla and Natchez being out for a little while and, you know, there have been some other, you know, knocks that have cost a game or two here or there. You know, it's been probably since about the end of October that we've really seen the Hurricanes at full strength. And in spite of that, they're still sitting with 44 points yeah. uh, even before we get to Christmas. And I mean, it's it's impressive what they've been able to do. And you have to think that once they get back to full strength, they're just going to be, be that much more difficult. And now they just need to figure out how to win games in the division and they'll be golden <laughs> because they're they're having their way with the Western Conference this week, I tell you what. Uh, maybe the Hurricanes should ask to be uh, assigned to the Western Conference. And final thing uh, with Brian LeBlanc of Canes Country. Um, there was a time this year where Carolina wasn't sure of either of their goaltenders. Uh, I don't think anybody feels that way at this point. Uh, Peter Morazic now three zero and one in his last four starts. He's got a nine twenty nine save percentage. James Reimer five and one in his last six starts. He's got seven wins on the road, nine forty eight save percentage in that period of time. Um, it would have been very easy to go back to Reimer after the game in Calgary because he was so good. Um, but Morazic was really good in Vancouver the game before. And whether this was a, the plan all along to simply start uh, rotating them, you know, you get a game, you get a game, you get a game. Man, this tandem right now, I mean, who knows if it's going to last, but this right now this tandem looks really good. It reminds me so much of what it was last year, and obviously half of the tandem is the same, but, you know, Reimer may not be necessarily quite as cool a customer as Curtis McElhaney, <laughs> but he's he's very much a yang to the yin of Peter Morazic, and they play well off of each other. Obviously, they they enjoy, you know, being on the same team, and Rod Brindamore trusts them both, and I mean, I think it's really impressive, and I don't think Rod, you know, Rod's not the kind to take credit, and so I think I... I feel an obligation almost to give him some credit here because last year he deflected a whole bunch of credit 
uh, to the goalie coach. Right. Uh, and, and, and this season he's done it again with Jason Bazzotti taking over for Mike Bales and, and, and they haven't missed a beat. And now this is now two straight seasons where a team coached by Rod Brindamore has gotten, I think, the most they can out of a goaltending tandem that a lot of people had some reasonable questions about going into the season, especially with Reimer, who hasn't had a season like this in, what, four or five years at least? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since Reimer's been anything near what we're seeing this season. And and I don't know what it is, but but Rod's just got his finger on the pulse and knows when to when to change it up uh, and everybody's okay with it. You know, nobody's clamoring for playing time or saying I need to get a run of six or seven straight games. They both know the deal and they're making the most of it. I wouldn't be surprised to see Peter go back in against Colorado on Thursday night, but it wouldn't shock me either if James Reimer gets the start again, because why not mess with what's working? And it's clearly working right yeah. now. I mean, I think we're going to see Reimer in Colorado because I think the plan all along was to have Morazic play the first game, well, the only home game uh, in this trench stretch because Peter's so good at PNC and it'll be against Florida on uh, on Saturday night. The Canes have been gone for, will, be, will have been gone for 11 games. Uh, and then they have the their next two on the road. After the game against Florida, they'll play the Rangers in New York, followed by a game. Well, that'll be uh, what am I going to no the twenty. No, they they've got uh, the Toronto Toronto the afternoon have, game. Right, they'll have uh, two games in a row on the road, but Toronto on the twenty third Monday. Uh, then everybody will uh, wait for Santa to uh, to put tr- presents under their trees, uh, and then we'll have the trip to New York on the twenty seventh before a long stretch of home games come. They will play 12 of 14, uh, starting with the Capitals uh, a week from Saturday on the 28th. 12 of their their next 14 games will be on home ice, uh, and that will be the stretch where I think they will absolutely determine whether or not, forget about challenging Washington at this point because the Capitals are so far in front, uh, but they could... This is a, this is a stretch where you you make your move on the Islanders, uh, and it'd be tougher teams than they you know kind of squandered points against uh, in November against the uh, you know some of the teams in the Metro. Uh, but this is the opportunity when you got so many games at home. And I think you can really, and before we go, and I won't take up too much time, but I want to get this out there before. Um, if you look back at the last time the Hurricanes faced Toronto in one of those weird afternoon games right before Christmas. <laughs> I know where you're going. Scott Darling was in net. <laughs> and if you want to point if you want to point to one game that was kind of the start of everything for Scott Darling, it was when Bill Peters left him in net for an eight goals against Onslaught from the Leafs. How far has this team come in almost exactly two years that the Hurricanes are going back to Toronto in a position not only to be you know, in in a better position in the standings, but how much more confident are they right now than they were in that game? And that was only two years ago. It feels like it was 10. I remember where I was. Remember I too. where I was watching that game. Uh, and I actually, I don't know that it was the beginning, of the beginning of the end for Scott Darling. I think it was the beginning of the end for Bill Peters. I think you also lose, fair. I think you lose the room when you allow one guy that that was not just a Scott Darling problem uh that that in that game the entire team stunk and oh, yeah. they allowed Scott Darling to wear it and uh I think I think I he take, lost I think he lost the room that day I I had taken my then pre-K daughter to the uh exotic bird park in beautiful and historic Scotland neck North Carolina hello 
uh, that day. And I was driving back. I, I, you talk about, you remember where you were. I was driving back on highway 64 from, from about Tarboro to Raleigh and um, listening to that game and just becoming, you know, my eyes just got wider with every passing goal. It was, that was a low part, a, a low point over the last few years. And how far have we come in the two years since then? 21, 11 and two. Uh, so far, so good on this trip. Brian LeBlanc, Kane's Country. Uh, I thank you very much. Follow him on Twitter at BD LeBlanc. Follow Kane's Country on Twitter at Kane's Country. Uh, they have a lot of good stuff on there all the time. I thank you, sir. I will talk to you very soon. You got it. Take care, AG. You've been listening to the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Kane's Corner Podcast. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.